Hey. Nick's just fallen off something. <laughs> Welcome to The Wave. My name is Adam. My name is Nick. Welcome to the weekly news and chat show from the world famous Bottom of the Stream podcast. Seems a while since we've done one of these. Two weeks. Two weeks. So we've got a bumper episode today. Did you have a good holiday? I did, thank you. It was very nice. Yeah. Very chilled. Only got rained on once, which was a bit of a miracle. Okay. Because it did rain every day, but mostly overnight, which is always good. I suppose. Oh, that's helpful. Yeah. No, it was really nice. Got sunburn one day. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Even better. That is a successful trip, I would say. Yeah, I think it was. Managed to get the the last of the summer sun. Yes. Yeah, it was nice. It's really good. Walks on the beach. Walks just walking, basically. Good. 16,000 steps one day. Oh, my word. I don't usually do that in a week. (laughs) Did that in a day. (laughs) I'm proud of myself. Yeah, it's... um, it could, it, you know, tough going through some of those sun dunes as well. Yeah, definitely it was. It's very so hilly around there as well. Probably add a couple of thousand of real steps onto that as well. I will do then, yep, if you're it. allowing it. Yeah, 18,000 steps. Round it up, 18, definitely. <laughs> How have you been? 18. Yeah, been pretty good. Feels like ages since I've seen you. Two weeks. <laughs> Feels like longer. It does feel like longer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've been good. Good. Just, um, yeah, various life stuff happening. Been a strange uh, couple of weeks in the world. Is it? Yep. Why? Queen died. <laughs> she did, didn't she? <laughs> Have you? Uh, are you? Are you continuing with your state mandated period of mourning? I am in still in my state mandated period of mourning. <laughs> There's some crazy stuff going on. Isn't Look, there? I mean, we've already said we to dwell on it too much. No. But, but all I will say is, when stuff like this happens, it really shows you how weird, like some religious and i'll just say it posh people's traditions <laughs> are in this country yeah it's been very um it's really weird it is really weird it's been very interesting some of the stuff that's been going on like last night i saw the what was it the vigil of the princes yeah i was like that's crazy they just stand there doing nothing <laughs> and then princess Anne's there she's the first woman that's ever done it yeah which that's great but then some of the things that are happening this this episode will come out on the day of the funeral yes which should we release it who knows Yes. Centre park, parks are kicking everybody out of their side. <laughs> for a day. For a day. Well, if you live like 300 miles away. It's mad. <laughs> it's, it's the so most weird. insane decision it's I've ever so heard. It's so weird. It's, it's the most insane decision I've ever heard. It's like, go away for a day and then you can come back the next day. I've seen some brilliant things. I mean, you can find all these things on Twitter yeah, yeah, yeah. and all the social medias. Though. Like the BBC at 18 minutes past three in the morning, the other morning thought oh we'll we'll go and talk to this lady who appears to be laying something outside buckingham palace and it was this woman <laughs> absolutely out of her box no way laying a princess leia figure down because she was royal just like the queen. <laughs> <laughs> it is madness honestly it's like unbelievable it's like i say just the traditions are just it's odd it's an odd situation i, I would just say look if you can't really be wrong. If if you want no. to go and pay your respects and that helps you, that's absolutely fine. But also, if you want to go and shout at an alleged sex offender, <laughs> fucking go and do it, man. These people would, you know. It's illegal to do it. It's crazy. <sighs> Unbelievable. I saw a bike rack that was closed for a fortnight. I saw this. Morrisons have turned the beeps off their checkout. No way. The, the, literally, the checkouts don't beep anymore. <laughs> out of respect. <laughs> it's... I'm like... The whole country's lost its mind. <laughs> it's so it's like this this, la- this lady has died and taken all of our common sense with her. <laughs> it's insane. It really is. Is that what she would have wanted? No, food <laughs> banks are closed on Monday. I know. <laughs> and worst of all, right? Cancer <laughs> screenings have been cancelled. Worst of all. Well, yeah, that is, which is all terrible. And also, the fucking government has just had six weeks off yeah. and now giving themselves another two weeks off to process this whole thing whilst people are out there starving and can't heat their homes. What a situation. It's, it's not what she would have wanted, of people. Of course it isn't. It really isn't. I, I th- um, I've seen so many good like posts and stuff. like Because you've got all these companies and brands sort of... Uh, going like monochrome or yes, yeah. their um you know their logos going monochrome and paying their respects and there's like you know everything from supermarkets to fast food outlets to you know, every yeah. pepper army every <laughs> <laughs> someone said 
can you imagine if this happened when your grand died? And you'd be like, you know, you're at the funeral or the wake or something, and you have to go, Dad, got, just to let you know, pizza's paid its respects. <laughs> you know, Domino says sorry, yeah, thinking of you. It's all <laughs> insane. It is... I mean, we're not talk- we're not talking ill of the queen, obviously. We're talking ill of the reaction to it. It's the how the, yeah, it's the process and the and yeah. the the, tr- the tradition is just. It's not even closing a bike rack isn't tradition. No, it's no, just no, a no. Mental. No. Somebody's just gone. Somebody's just lost their mind. Yeah. How do you even close a bike rack? They literally just laminated a, a piece of A4 it. paper and cable tied it to the bike rack. So, this is closed. So, if you did park your bike there, it would be removed. It's someone has then got to go to the effort of removing it because the bike rack's closed. Yes. That seems more effort than just leaving it there. Yeah. <laughs> and where are you going to put it on another bike rack? <laughs> I had to bike 17 miles out of my way to find an open bike rack. Because <laughs> you can't close like railings. No. Just park it on the railing next to it or the tree <laughs> next to it. Oh, it's. It's like we've all lost our minds. Collectively lost our minds. But uh, rest in peace, Liz. Uh, just, it's a very bizarre few days it's been. It has it? been. A, it's been a strange week on Normal Island, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, my days. Anyway, sad days, but we'll move on. Things have to carry on. Uh, should we do some Netflix news? Do you know what doesn't stop? Netflix. N- news. News. <laughs> Movie and streaming news does not stop. It does not. Because... Uh, in our absence last week, uh, if you are a patron, you would have seen our bumper-sized newsletter. Oh, it was massive. As a small uh, token for us not being here last week. It was eight pages long. I was very proud of you. That, thanks. It's all right. <laughs> uh, but the news just doesn't stop because we've got quite a lot of news to look at this week as well. Uh, starting with a double header Ooh. from the Assassin's Creed brand. Oh, okay. Is that a, a brand you've played? A game you've played? Uh, I've played a couple with? of them. I've never. I don't think I've ever like completed one. But no, I've me neither. I, mean, I think I've played two. Maybe one of the later ones as well. Uh, and just sort I played of the pirate one a quite bit. a lot. Okay, I remember playing that one. Well, this week uh, Ubisoft have had their uh, annual forum slash. Yeah, all these game companies do this now, don't they? You know, sales pitch type thing. Yeah. Uh, and they've confirmed a couple of things. Uh, the first of those being that the live-action Assassin's Creed series is a go at okay. Netflix. Uh, not only is it a go, it now has a showrunner right. assigned to it. And that person is Jeb Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh the absolute Jeb Stewart. Uh, he is currently the showrunner on Vikings Valhalla. Okay, so he's uh, already with Netflix. Yeah, and once he's finished with that, he's going to do Assassin's Creed, the series. Talk about being stereotyped. Yeah. Uh, not only is he the showrunner on Valhalla, he is the creator, writer, and executive producer. Wow. Um, it is said uh, that the Assassin's Creed show is going to be an epic genre-bending live-action adaptation of our video game series. Uh, so says Mark Alexis Corte, the okay. executive producer of the games. Sweet. Um, yeah, no, obviously, timeline yet, because I'm pretty sure Vikings Van ha- Valhalla is an ongoing thing that is coming back for more. Yeah, I think that's still going. a huge hit yeah. earlier this year. Uh, but uh, maybe Jeb will... <laughs> Hand that off to someone else. Sounds like it doesn't. You can't do two, so <laughs> sounds like he will. So yeah, I mean, I hope it's better than that shocking film that Fazbender did. I've never seen it. I was. Awful. I really want to watch it. It was terrible. <laughs> for for someone who's uh, kind of why wasn't he in our overrated <laughs> conversation? Yeah, it's a good point. Michael Fassbender. I was just going to say overrated. for someone who's pretty highly regarded as a decent actor, I think generally his reputation is is pretty good. Yeah, he's been in some terrible movies. Remember the Snowman? Did you yeah, the one that? that was. It wasn't even finished. It wasn't even finished. And Assassin's Creed. They're two of the worst films I've ever seen, and these are both of them. Yeah. There we go. That's finished off a real talk from three weeks ago. <laughs> Michael Fassbender. Lay, laying these, these uh, breadcrumb trails throughout this show. It's <laughs> what keeps people coming back. Uh, some more Assassin's Creed news. Right, okay. Uh, Ubisoft also announced 
that they are in partnership with Netflix on an Assassin's Creed mobile game. Ooh. So you can pillage on your commute <laughs> on the bus uh, if you want to. Uh, Ubisoft announced that they are partnering with Netflix on an Assassin's Creed mobile game and two other mobile titles that will be available exclusively uh, to Netflix members globally with no ads or in-house purchases, i.e. on Netflix games. Okay. Uh, all three games will be available in 2023, as well as the Assassin's Creed mobile, will be Valiant Hearts, which is a sequel to Ubisoft's award-winning game, Valiant Hearts the Great War. Uh, it will be directed by the original core team but feature a new story. And they will also release a sequel to The Mighty Quest for Epic Loot, which is a mobile game previously shut down in 2016. I uh, can't sound familiar with either of those two games. Mike please. Verdu, who is Netflix's vice president of games. Vice president again? Where are all, these pre- <laughs> where are all the vice presidents gone? Says, we are thrilled to work with Ubisoft, whose track record creating memorable worlds for fans is unmatched. This partnership will provide our members with exclusive access to some of the most exciting game franchises as we continue to build a catalogue of great mobile games for all our members around the world. Nice. There you go. Netflix Games is getting some big name, big titles there. Sure. I think Assassin's Creed is a real sort of jewel in the crown isn't it if you've got a brand like that on. yeah definitely yeah it's one of the biggest game franchises of all time talking of jewels and crowns yep the crown is a netflix show it is indeed it's a bit associated to the news of the week yes uh interestingly come and join the pity party because <laughs> if <laughs> it has been pointed out that in the last week so since the death of queen elizabeth ii yeah uh there has been an 800% rise in viewing hours of The Crown oh, in no the way. United Kingdom. <laughs> That's mad. Compared to the previous week. Uh, in the United States, viewership has quadrupled in the same time frame. Wow. And in France, The Crown had more than three times the viewers it had on the previous weekend. Uh, it is also currently amongst the top 10 trending TV shows on Netflix Australia. <laughs> it's number seven in the world rankings that I've just checked. There you go. Around season one. But you know, it's actually <laughs> higher than Stranger Things season four. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Well, I suppose it makes sense. Season just... five of The Crown, just as a reminder, is due in November. But they've halted production, haven't they? Yeah, they must be nearly finished by now, surely. Yeah, I read that they'd halted production in in a mark of respect. A mark of respect from a show that she didn't authorise or like. Yeah. (laughs) Unless they're just going back to back and they're... they're, um, Because it's been renewed for a sixth and final season, hasn't it? So, um, yeah. Yeah, because there was a lot of casting done, wasn't there, over the weeks? Because I think... Of young princes. Prince William's got three different actors in one season. Yes. So I did see that. And somebody's... They've cast Catherine as well. So I didn't think it'd go that modern, but apparently it's... Well, I'm not sure that was originally the plan, because if you remember, uh, going back a few years now, I think it was only commissioned for five. Yeah, it was. And I think, I'm pretty sure they said, we're going to stop around the death of Princess Diana. But they are now going past. Hmm, Interesting. I mean, is it it too soon for me to say, can we... Do you think they'll go all the way up to... We've got a life now to... Maybe. It's going to feel rushed, though, surely. I mean, possibly. Diana was only just coming into the last series. Yeah. So you've got, what, 25 years since she died now. Yeah. You're going to cram all that into two seasons. Two seasons. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Watch this space. Or watch The Crown. <laughs> yeah. Because neither of us do. So. Okay. Let's talk about the Emmys. Yes, which let's were talk held about the Emmys. A couple of nights ago. Yep. Well, last week, as you listened to this. Yes. The TV Emmys. Yep. Shall we run through some of the winners? Do it. So, Outstanding Drama Series was won by Succession. Surprise, surprise to nobody. <laughs> I mean... It beat some big players. Yeah, so uh, it, it bested Better Call Saul, Euphoria, Ozark, Severance, Squid Game, Stranger Things, and Yellow Jacket. I mean, Succession just feels very... Awardy. Yeah. Yeah. 
the Emmys, the Emmys have always had their favourites, and it's just how the Emmys works. It's just what they do. Uh, outstanding comedy series went to Ted Lasso again. But uh, to be fair, Ted Lasso is a great show. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> again, there's some good competition in there. Cody, yeah. enthusiasm. Uh, Barry, only murders in the building. What we do in the shadows. It's been a big year for TV. Sure. Uh, lead actor in a drama series uh, went to Lee Young Ye from Squid Game. Excellent. Good for him. I think he's great. Yep. I'm not sure he's the best option in this <laughs> category, considering Jason Bateman was there for Ozark, Brian Cox for Succession. Again, you'd have thought he'd be. Didn't he win it last year? Favorite for that? I think he may have done. Bob Odenkirk in Better Call Saul. Bob Odenkirk has never won an Emmy for either Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul. Well, I will give you a stat. Go Spoiler on. alert. Better Call Saul won nothing at the Emmys. Yep. It has now been nominated. I believe it's 14? 46 oh, Emmys. really? Wow. And has won zero. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that is ridiculous. But I, I also read something today that said that they, the last season of Better Call Saul was split yes. into two sections. Yeah. And the second section actually qualifies for next year's Emmys. Yeah. So they'll just get everything then. Because that's what the Emmys do. Which is... What's the point in awards then? Yeah, exactly. Because all you're doing, it's the Lord of the Rings all over again at the Oscars, yeah, it is. isn't yeah. it? Years exactly. and years ago. Where they just went, we know you're doing three movies. Yep. With Better Call Saul. We know you're doing six series. We'll just give you more at the end. Yeah, it's exactly, it's exactly so what I'm they did with Lost. Not, not rewarding you for the great work you do. Lost it. The same thing happened with Lost. That, that didn't win anything until its last season. It's, it, just, it just happens. If Rhea Seahorn doesn't win Best Actress at next year's Emmys, yeah. we riot. Because nobody's better than her in that. Those last six you, or seven episodes. Win it for that show that last aired 14, 14 months, months ago. ago. No, nobody's ever been better than her. She was in the last few episodes of that show. Uh, the lead actress in a drama series went to Zendaya in Euphoria. I'm pretty sure she won that last year as well. She, again, some massive competition in there. A couple of, uh, couple of actresses that have been on this show before in yeah. that category. In uh, Melanie, Melanie Linsky and Sandra Oh. Jodie Comer was in that category as well. She's like everybody's darling at the moment. Uh, supporting actor in a drama series went to Matthew McFadden from Succession. Uh, supporting actress went to Julia Garner for Ozark. Uh, lead actor in a comedy went to Jason Sudeikis from Ted Lasso. Steve Martin and Martin Short were both nominated in that. Yeah. Uh, lead actress in a comedy series went to Gene Smart. Uh, which is interestingly, going back to Rainy Murders in the Building, I would probably stick my neck out and say that uh, Martin Short and Steve Martin are not as good as Selena Gomez, and she did not get a nomination. That, yeah, that's go. true. Uh, supporting actor in a comedy series went to Brett Goldstein. He's everybody's favourite at the moment. That was the Ted Lasso Award. Uh, <laughs> Nick Mohammed was nominated for that as well. <laughs> Supporting actress in the comedy went to Cheryl Lee Ralph from Abbott Elementary. I'm not aware of that show. Uh, no, I'm not either. Uh, lead actor in a limited series with Michael Keaton for Dope Sick, which is on Disney Plus. Yeah, apparently here. it's great. Uh, lead actress in a limited series went to Amanda Seyfried for The Dropout. There's so many categories. Yes, there is lots. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably not going into like competition program or. Ah, uh... oh, actually. I'll go into two weird ones. Well, not weird ones. Outstanding documentary. Yep. was The Beatles Get Back on Disney+. Plus. You know that thing that was like 17 yep. hours long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think do you just make something 17 hours long and then you win all the awards. Absolutely. <laughs> and the most outstanding structured reality program, like <laughs> rolls off the tongue that one, was uh, my, mine and your favourite show, Queer Eye on Netflix. Netflix. Well done to one. those guys. They also won an outstanding unstructured reality program <laughs> for Love on the Spectrum. There you go. Yeah, some good, some good work, some good wins there. If, like I said, Rhea Seahorn needs an award for Radical Soul. If she doesn't get one next year, I'm going to riot. But it's not. Not it's, that I give it's it any. Not, but it's not consistent. No, because not. you'd have something like, you know, look, I think the show is fine. You know, Modern Family would win every single year. Yeah. And like. The, the some of the cast in that would have got an Emmy for like ten years in a row. Yeah, yeah. And then she just Rhea Seahorn's going to do something like like you say, uh, better course all and get what come away one Emmy one. from six years of, yeah. or well seven if they've split the season. So. Yeah. How has Bob Odenkirk never won one? Yeah, <laughs> this is just mad. It's absolutely mad. 
His autobiography, I'm about halfway through now, by the way. It's really good. Oh, excellent. I'm really enjoying it. Good. Puck news. Puck news? Yeah, I, I want to feel like it's a hockey uh, news site, but I don't think it is. <laughs> Puck news has done a profile on Netflix co-founder, Reed Hastings. Okay. And has sort of commented on his refusal in the past to abandon the binge release model. All right. On the streaming service. Uh, but it does note that Netflix seems to be softening this slightly if you, you consider Stranger Things, for example, uh, was released in two parts, as was a couple of the reality shows that have that have come out yeah. in the last year or so. They've they've sort of kept the final couple of episodes for, for a few weeks later. Um, they say that Netflix is softening also because data is is coming back, which which seems to show that the weekly or at least splitting of series release shows that uh, it retains subscribers better. If okay. you compare Disney Plus and and some of the other competitors that do a a, a weekly release schedule rather than a, a all in one binge. Um, it's not really news. It's just a few stats and a and a, and a bit of a opinion piece, really. Do you do you think that's something Netflix would eventually go towards? I've been giving this a bit of thought just lately, and I actually think I prefer weekly releases. Okay, just if I think of some of the shows I've watched lately, yeah. like Better Call Saul was a weekly release sure. thing. It kept me. It just made me want to watch it. Every so week. we get that weekly because it comes straight it's, to Netflix yeah. from broadcast in the it US. Does, doesn't it does it? indeed. So. Only Murders in the Building comes out weekly. Yeah. It's really interesting. It just, I feel like it builds up your excitement a bit more rather than just binge through everything. And, and they're both kind of water cooler type shows, yeah, aren't yeah. they, that you can discuss a bit. And uh, cer- think... certainly it worked with, uh, going back to like One Division, that had yeah. a lot of yeah, speculation yeah. as it was going through as well. Um, I actually think for, for shows like that, you, you kind of lose, you lose that ability to converse with people between the episodes and i feel like that adds a bit more like you're going to work the next day after you've watched an episode of better course all and talk to somebody for an hour about it yeah and then you get it builds up the excitement for the next week i actually think the more i'm as opposed to yeah i've just what i've watched all of cobra kai what do you think of it exactly it's i actually think i'm kind of changing my because i was i was really for binge watching shows a while back but i feel like i'm changing my mind a little bit on it yeah it's an interesting one yeah, it will be interesting to see if because Netflix have been pretty steadfast on yeah they have on that and they still are really yeah they don't intentionally release anything week by week do they 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 only did with Battle Soul because they had to over here so I don't think they genuinely generally do and even even strange things that we were only talking was it three weeks between yeah. part one and two but I don't think they do anything well, it would take you that long to watch part one anyway because it was so long okay no it's an interest it's, a, it's maybe scope for a bigger debate on that one uh, let's see what happens as we go into 2023 yeah absolutely i like ryan johnson that Me is too. that is my disclaimer okay uh, and and in the last week you may have seen that the teaser trailer has been released for glass onion i have I've a knives it. I out it. mystery uh which arrives on netflix on the 23rd of december yeah, uh, and has a limited release in theaters. Yes, in November. Uh, well, <laughs> Ryan Johnson, obviously writer director of said movie, has done an interview this week, and he said this film's better seen in a theater. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this film that he's made for Netflix. Yeah, with Netflix money. My goal is to hopefully have it be so. If you want to see it in a theater, you can. Uh, this movie about anything else, uh, above anything else. Is designed to be a good time with a big crowd of folks in a theater. What, dude? <laughs> I think you've missed the brief. <laughs> Do you know what Netflix is? Yeah, it's, it's not that. It's none of those things. It's, Your movie made... is probably going to be brilliant. Yeah, and a huge success. But you can't have your cake and eat it. Of course you can't. Or in this case, take the Netflix dollar <laughs> and also eat it. Eat it. <laughs> What a stupid thing to say. I'm mad. Can you imagine the 
people in the Netflix offices when they heard that interview go out must have been furious. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? This is not an approved. Yeah, this is the biggest <laughs> train film. of thought. We've got Daniel Craig coming back for a sequel to one of the biggest murder mystery films in recent years. It's going to be huge. This is going to be a huge release for Netflix. They're going to be. They're going to push this film everywhere. Yeah. It's going to be on the side of buses and everything. And then he comes out and says, "Oh, you probably should watch it in the cinema, but you do, can't." Do you want some numbers? Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll finish the quote first. But, uh, John Johnson said, "It's less like Top Gun, which oh, okay. which is about the big experience of the screen and the sound." I watched that last week on a small screen. Okay, it was good. <laughs> Fine, and it's more about being surrounded by people who are going to be having as much fun as you. Okay, I just what invite people around. Yeah, <laughs> charge on the door. No, don't do that. You can't. Believe, I, can't when I go that. to the cinema, I go to the cinema quite regularly. Yeah, I don't sit there and think. I'm really enjoying this, and I really hope everybody else here is too. <laughs> I just don't think like that. Well, yeah, well, I guess <laughs> you didn't make the film, I suppose. No. Uh, Knives Out was uh, released in 2019. Yes, it was. First movie. It made more than $300 million worldwide. And its budget was only $40 million. It's great. It's great. It's a great film. Netflix paid $450 million for two sequels. <laughs> 225 million each. That's mad. That's nearly as much as the first one made. Yeah. Uh, and it isn't... I don't know. It it looks good. It does... Basically, all they've done is taken Daniel Craig's character and put him into another story. There doesn't appear to be anything else that's joining these two films together. No. Mm. I mean, I just think the amount of wheelbarrows of money... That Johnson's going to be making for this. Just, just, just go be quiet. Yeah. Don't, don't have a moan. <laughs> wow. Next. Okay, we've had in the last few months the Elvis biopic. We have. Which I think, fair to say, had mixed reviews. Yeah, I think so. My mum thought it was amazing. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. I so mean, it's Baz Luhrmann. Yeah. He's done some great stuff. It can also be quite pretentious and yes. self-absorbed. Um, I haven't seen it. I would like to see it. I will get to it at some point. Same. Well, hot off the heels of the Elvis biopic. Yeah. Uh, Sophia Coppola okay. has signed up to direct a biopic of another Presley. Okay. Priscilla. Okay. Wow. I don't know a lot about Priscilla Presley. Uh, <laughs> she was in the Naked Gun movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kaylee Spaney will star. Uh, the script has been adapted by, by Coppola from Priscilla Presley's 1985 book, Elvis and Me, which shared full details of her life married to the king. Right. Okay. So it's. Hmm. I guess there's a story there to tell. People are. Clamouring for Elvis yeah. information. So. Uh, Jacob Elordi will play Elvis. So okay. There you go. Two Elvises within a year or so of each other on the big screen. Why not? No release date yet, but shooting starts before the end of the year. Cool. wonder if there was any consideration of putting Austin Butler in it as Elvis again. Oh, in the uh, Elvis cinematic universe? Yeah. Just have one <laughs> Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> but was Priscilla in the... I've no idea. Probably, yeah, I'm not I'd, sure. I imagine so. Yeah. <laughs> Are you then just not making the same movie <laughs> from somebody else's perspective? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Quickest remake ever. Uh, a directing debut is on the cards. Okay. Anna Kendrick is going to step behind the camera. Right. In the true crime thriller, The Dating Game, uh, she will also step in front of the camera. And more behind the camera as she is also <laughs> producing and starring in the movie. Right, okay. <laughs> it is based on the true story of Cheryl Bradshaw, who was a bachelorette on the hit US 70s TV matchmaking show, The Dating Game. That is, it's basically blind date. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, she chose handsome and funny bachelor number one, Rodney Alcala. But... Behind Alcala's charming facade, facade, how do you say that word? Facade. There you go. Was a deadly secret. He was a psychopathic serial killer. Oh, wow. Is that a true story? Yeah. Okay, I've never heard of that. 
Uh, Kendrick says, I loved this script from the moment I read it. And while I was thrilled to be playing the character of Cheryl, uh, when the opportunity came to direct the film, I jumped at it. Uh, she is presenting it at the upcoming Toronto International Film Festival because she is looking for distributors of the movie. Cool. Well, it sounds like an ideal... You've got a movie there, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> Psychotic serial killer goes I, I, on blind I kind of almost feel if that was the 70s, how has this not been made? No, how's it not been made already? But, Absolutely. We'll keep our eyes open for that. I like Anna Kendrick. She's good. Yeah. Okay. Last bit of news. Cool. But it's a lot of news. Okay. Last week was D23. You know what D23 is? Nope. It's Disney's big showcase of upcoming projects, TV shows, movies, okay. etc. There's a lot of headlines. Would nice. you like me to give you some of the Go for announcements? It. I'm going to close the page down so I don't want to be spoiled. <laughs> Disney Animation announced that Wish is a new movie that will look into the story of the mythical and fabled Wishing Star. Oh, okay. It comes out next November. Uh, basically, that whole Disney star that goes across the castle. Yeah. Yeah, doing a movie about that. Okay. So, <laughs> a Haunted Mansion movie is coming out as well. Are there uh, other from... Haunted Mansion movies? Yeah, Eddie Murphy did one. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah. This one will have in it Winona Ryder. Okay. Dan Levy. Oh, wicked. And Hassan Minaj, who I am not familiar with. Not me. Uh, there will be... A live action Snow White movie. Live action? Coming 2024. Nice. Uh, there is a logo if you really want to go and look <laughs> at it. That was announced. Uh, the teaser trailer was released for the upcoming live action Little Mermaid movie. I saw that. I, I did see that trailer. Also announced for 2024, a live action prequel of The Lion King. Ooh. Entitled Mufasa, The Lion King. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's crying out for that. No, I don't think so. There you go. A Peter Pan remake will hit Disney Plus next year called Peter Pan and Wendy. Nice. There is a poster for that. I love the Peter Pan story. Uh, You can find a teaser trailer and a poster for Disenchanted, which is the sequel to Enchanted. Okay. Do you remember that? Isn't that a Netflix cartoon? Adam's movie from a few years ago. That's the Matt Groening cartoon. Yeah, what's that called? Disenchanted. Disenchantment. Oh, Disenchantment. Yes, it is. There you go. Uh, the trailer dropped for Hocus Pocus 2. Oh, sweet. Which arrives on Disney Plus this Halloween. I know quite a few people are excited about that one. Yeah. Pixar's first original TV series was announced. Okay. Win or Lose will debut on Disney Plus and follows a kid's little league baseball team. A couple more Pixar movies were announced. Elemental will be a sci-fi romp. Elio will be released as well, uh, <laughs> which... Uh, is also sci-fi and will follow the story of a young boy who accidentally becomes Earth's ambassador for a sort of United Nations, but for aliens. Okay. Sounds fun. Uh, a sequel is in development for Inside Out. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. That's like a heart-wrenching film. Oh, it's an absolute it <laughs> journey. Destroyed me, that <laughs> film did. Uh, there is a trailer for season three of The Mandalorian. Okay. Which will uh, be released... Before the end of this year. Uh, there's a behind the scenes look at Jude Law on Star Wars Skeleton Crew. Another Disney Plus series coming. As well as a first look at Star Wars Ashoka. Another Disney Plus Star Wars series. How much Star Wars stuff are they getting out? Uh, new footage from Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Okay. Uh, sneak peek at Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Uh, Marvel announced and released a trailer for Werewolf by Night, a Halloween special. What's that? Uh, it, it's like a it, well. Go and check the trailer out. It's like a ye olde hammer. Oh really? Horror type thing of a. It's just a man who turns into a werewolf. <laughs> um, they also dropped a trailer for Secret Invasion, which is an upcoming uh, Nick Fury, Maria Hill series. Oh right, okay. With Sam Jackson. Yes. Nice. Uh, Kei Hu Kwan was officially announced as having joined the cast of Loki for season two. Oh cool. I like how he's having a big comeback. Yeah, it's, it's, that's it's cool, cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's cool. I saw um, a picture of him with Harrison Ford. That was nice. Yes. Uh, Matt Shackman was confirmed as uh, director for the Fantastic Four movie. Uh, he was the director on first season of WandaVision. Okay. Uh, the cast was revealed for Thunderbolts, which, I, as I understand it, is basically Marvel's version of the Suicide Squad. 
Oh, so all the bad guys get together. Yeah, so it's uh, going to be uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus, uh, Wyatt Russell, who was like fake Captain America. <laughs> yeah. Uh, David Harbour. Oh, he was like Black Widow. Widow. Yeah. Uh, Hannah John Kamen, who played Ghost in Ant Man and the Wasp. Sebastian Stan, obviously uh, the Winter Soldier, uh, and Florence Pugh. Flo okay, Flopo herself. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson has been cast in the new Captain America movie, Captain America New World Order. He will play the leader. Uh, trailer and posters released for The Santa Clauses. <laughs> okay, what's Yeah, that? we're going back to that universe this oh, Christmas. Oh, the actual Santa Claus? Yeah. Is that Tim Allen? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is. It's Tim Allen. Uh, Tim Allen and Elizabeth Mitchell will both return. Wow. Uh, to that franchise. The first trailer for Percy Jackson and the Olympians was released. The oh, first trailer for National Treasure, Edge of History was released. Lots of stuff going on over at the the big D. Yeah. The big uh, D. I don't think I'd call it that. <laughs> Talking of the biggest D. Okay. The, and I'll leave it at this. There is also a trailer and poster released for Willow. Oh, really? <laughs> the TV show series. Wow. Which I believe also arrives before the end of the year, uh, starring Warwick Davis and Christian Slater. Warwick Davis must think all of his Christmases have come at once to get that role again. Yeah. He must look, because he loves Let me check my diary. Yes, I'm free. Yeah, I'm free. (laughs) Absolutely free. Of course I am. (laughs) Good for him. That sounds good. There's a lot of good stuff coming from Disney then. Uh, There's a lot of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Loads of things for Star Wars fans to moan about. Yeah. 100%. And Marvel fans. Yeah. I think we'll stop the news there. Good news. Well done. Enjoyed that. Loads of stuff going on. Have you watched anything good at the top of the stream? I don't think, I don't think I've watched loads. I haven't either. The past week. I've been away. Yeah. I, I've watched the first two episodes of Cobra Kai. I think I've five. done four. Okay. Or maybe five. Has it always been as soapy as it is? Yes. I, I know it has. It just feels... <laughs> it always feels more... I don't know what it is. There's just something that feels more about it this season. I I t- we I turned to my wife when we were watching. I don't know which episode it was, first or second, when uh, Miguel meets his dad. Yeah, his dad doesn't know, obviously. And he he turns to him and says, "I feel like I've I've known you for a lot longer." Yeah. Than a day, and I was like, "This is so so." It's proper soapy. <laughs> it just feels like more in this season. I do think it's always had that element. I think that. From what I've seen from the, having only seen the first two episodes, they very much tie up the loose ends from the previous season in terms of that whole Mexico storyline. Very quickly. Yeah. And so there is quite a lot of like emotional content there in that first couple of episodes. Um, So I'm really just waiting for it to kick start, to be honest. What's going to happen? They were fine. I've enjoyed them. Yeah. Um, It's a great show. Yeah. yeah. It's a great show. It's it's a, it's a perfect turn your brain off show. Yeah. But so I just found myself laughing at it a little bit this yeah. in the last few episodes. And I don't know if I've done that before. But I might have. I might have just been misremembering stuff. I literally got back a holiday on Sunday and just turned it straight on. I was yeah. excited to watch it. It's, it's, I love Cobra Kai. Sure. I've also watched a one, no, the first two episodes of the new Chef's Table series. Oh, brilliant. What's it's, that? It's basically six episodes on pizza. Yeah. So I don't, I've never seen a chef's table thing before, but I think it's like a, they kind of, each episode's based around one different chef. Okay. And they're what they do. And this season's all pizza chefs. This is on Netflix. It's on Netflix, yeah. Cool. It's, um, I think there's a few different types of chef's table. Yeah. But the first two were, re- the first one was really good. It was about this guy called Chris Bianco. Okay. And he basically, he makes pizza in Phoenix, Arizona. And the eminent pizza reviewer in the world reckons he's the best pizza maker in the world oh nice and he's in phoenix arizona not in italy not in new york <laughs> and he's just this guy he's he's had to he's had to retire from making pizzas because he's got asthma and he was inhaling too much flour no way so he's had to like step back from making pizzas and teach people how to make his style of pizza but it's a really interesting episode and you know me and pizza it's like did they look like the best pizza. pizzas you've ever they seen they did look good to be fair they did look good not as good as the ones I make, obviously. <laughs> but I, I've seen it. I was on there. I was like, well, I've got to watch that. It's all about pizza. 
So yeah, it's, uh, I'd, I'd recommend it. The first two are really good. That sounds good. The second one's about a he was a TV chef in the nineties. Yeah, he used to go on an Italian TV show. Okay, to make pizza, and then it's it kind of sent him insane. So he <laughs> okay. retired from that and opened a restaurant. And yeah, he kind of lost his marbles a little bit. There's like part to, part documentary. Yeah, it's basically close on one guy. Show. But no, there's no cooking in it. There's no like recipes or anything like that. It's just about these guys who make pizza for a living. Cool. And yeah, he kind of got into the TV lifestyle. He got into drugs and sex, drugs and rock and roll. And then he gave it all up, lost a load of weight and opened his own restaurant. Sounds good. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. Really I think there's six of them in this season, so I'm going to watch more. But that's literally, because I've been away, that's all I've watched this yeah. week. Excellent. Are you watching anything else or are we done? No, that's it. That's all I've watched. Should we move on to Real Talk? Let's tackle Real Talk. It was an interesting one this week. Yes. Suggested by Ross Cook, I believe. I think so. What was uh, the topic for discussion? Should adaptations be accurate to the original or be totally open to being changed? What a broad subject this is. <laughs> I mean, should we start with our views first? Yeah, we, we can always do for go change. We always go last. And also, I did forget to put them out on the social, so I've been on either. It's fine. <laughs> we, we should start getting back to normal next week, yeah. hopefully. I say... Fucking fill your boots. <laughs> well, just do it. Do whatever you want. I think as long as you give, based on this, yeah, that's it's all there in the word, in the based words, on. isn't it? It's based on. It's your take on that story. Yeah. That's fair. I think I agree with you to a point. I think because if, especially with books, yeah, because how I read a book. I don't know if I might be reading the same book as you, but picturing it's the same words, but how that plays out in my you'll brain. Be, yeah, you'll be picturing something completely different. We'll be totally different. different. I remember when I was a little kid, 12 year old Nick, <laughs> going to the cinema. Long time ago. To see Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah, you would have. And the year before, I've read the book. Because I was like, I've heard about, I think I've heard about this movie. Oh, it's a book. Oh, you're allowed to write books about dinosaurs coming <laughs> back to life. Wow, oh, that sounds amazing. Loved it. Loved the book. Yep. Watched the movie. Came out of the movie. I was like, oh, that wasn't like the book. <laughs> it's not how I pictured the book. It's interesting, isn't it? And I remember my first reaction being, oh, it wasn't as good as I thought it would be. Since. Yeah. Loved that movie. Yeah. One Can of the separate best the time, two. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's brilliant. It's a great adaptation. But the point still stands. You can... What that was in my head... Isn't what was in Steven Spielberg's. No, exactly. And there's no reason it and should it's be. It's never going to be. It's never going to be. But I think you hit the, the nail on the head there. It's it's the separation of the two. Yeah. It's you're gonna you're gonna go, Oh, you're a Stephen King fan, you're gonna bring up Stephen King game. <laughs> you can't talk about adaptations and not no, talk about Stephen King. I'll let you have you, it. You you, you can't do it. There's a lot of Stephen King books out there. There's a lot of Stephen King movies out there. I guess it comes down to is there a difference between a good can you have a good adaptation? But it, but it's a bad film, and can you have a bad adaptation of a good that turns into a good film? Yeah. So, The Shining, for instance. Yeah. I think Sam mentions it in the Discord. Is a a great book. It's a great film, but it's a bad adaptation. Yeah, they're, because they're, they're totally they're, different. They're, nobody's he's not even tried to make them the same. Yeah. So, it's what is the question we're asking here? Is my question is is it do you have a good book that becomes a good film? Is therefore that the correct thing to do? Or is it all about the way that the book is adapted into the film? And like The Mist, for instance. The Mist is a great example. The the film adaptation of The Mist. Yeah. It's so close to the story, but they changed the end. Yeah, and Stephen King says... It's better. They The, the end to that <laughs> film is better, better than, than my and book. It, and it is. Yeah. He's right. So, And then you've got things like Under the Dome, which is a great book terrible ending again but, and the tv shows a great show again with a terrible ending but they're different yeah but I, 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 it's a really tough question should adaptations uh, be accurate to the original no i no, mean i don't think they should i mean no one complains you've got to be respectful of them yeah you can't just go and blatantly change <laughs> yeah i'm going to mention the dark tower now that isn't even an adaptation 
it's somebody's gone. Stephen King once wrote a book about the Dark Tower. This is what it was about, and somebody's made a film from that one sentence. Yeah, it's not even an ad- adaptation. So then that's disrespectful to the source material for what it is. No one says, do they? Uh, so The Shining is a good example. Shawshank Redemption is another good example. Yeah. No one says, if you make a good film like The Shining, they don't complain. No. They just say, oh, it's fine to be different. Yeah. If you make a bad film... Like The Dark Tower. Then people say, well, it's terrible. Why haven't you done it like the book? Hmm. But The Shining has become a classic and therefore it gets excluded from that argument. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's not the same I imagine thing. people read fair. The Shining now and are disappointed that it isn't like the film. Possibly, Because the yeah. film's probably bigger. I, I'm sure that the it's film's a 50-50 flow, yeah. I'm sure the film's bigger than the book is. It's a really... You could, you could, we could talk about this for hours on end. Yeah, shall I, shall I run through some of the comments yeah, go in, the, for it. in the Discord? Uh, Wayne makes a good point. He says that I don't understand... I, I do understand why people don't want adaptations for change, but a lot of time it's when the written word doesn't translate to exciting spectacle. For example, Ready Player One is a good book, a really engaging story, but if they'd have done the film exactly the same, it would have been really dull. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree with that. It's a great shout. Because you would have just been Ready Player One's a watching really... a guy with a pair of glasses on. Playing Pac-Man for hours on it. <laughs> There's, the Ready Player One's a really interesting one because the book's really good. The film's really good. But they're totally different. But they're completely different. Yeah, You have to present that medium, that in a totally different way. But the... The basics of the story are both the same. Yeah. But it's just, you can't do some of the stuff that's in that book in the film. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, that's a really good example. And uh, there's a couple of people, uh, Wayne included, who say, you know, if we're talking about sort of topical issues, look at Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Because uh, the racist can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> just get over it. Everything's made up. If you can imagine a superhero, uh, you can imagine a black superhero. Yeah. Absolutely. You just don't want to. You just don't want to. Uh, which is an excellent point. Ross Cook says, the whole point of adapting something should be to change it to suit the medium, the year it's being shown, and the director's vision for it. Otherwise, what's the point? I hate Zack Snyder's Superman, but at least he tried to do something. <laughs> That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said about Zack Snyder on this, this show. show. Definitely. <laughs> um... Yeah, uh, Harry Potter's put there as an example again. Yeah, detailed books wouldn't wouldn't make necessarily for good content uh, on the, on the uh, on the big screen. Uh, Ross says he's got a great example that he's watched this week: Rise of the Teenage Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, the characters are very different from every version I've seen before, and I I really loved it. What's that one? Uh, I don't know. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> Um, go and you can do the research. I will do. Yeah, uh, Stephen King, uh, as as Samuel Holland points out in the Discord, has been on both sides of this. We talked about the mist, where you know he's very much on board with the movie. Yeah, says you've improved my story. You've made a better ending. Versus obviously what he made of The Shining. Yeah, he didn't like that film. It's a disres- It's disrespectful. Uh, unfortunately, kind of shit his own bed by then going and making, making his it, version of it. Which was also terrible. Which was not good. But Kubrick intentionally changed things in that film just to piss off Stephen King. Yeah. There, there's little. We did an episode with Grief Burrito probably three years ago now where, about The Shining, and there's loads of little details in that film that he just changed just to piss off Stephen King. He did it on yeah. purpose. Yeah. And then Kubrick, that's Kubrick yeah. all over. Down to switching the colours of the cars and. Also like remember at that period in time, King was a best selling author. Yeah. But he was a relatively new kid on the block. Yeah, absolutely. Stanley Kubrick was a at that point already a legendary Hollywood director. Yeah. And and I think that's that's kind of forgotten about at that time. Yeah. Kubrick's probably thinking, Who the fuck's this guy? guy yeah. Who's he to tell me that? You know. K- Kubrick saw something in The Shining and made his own version of it. Yeah. And that's fine. I have no issue with that. Uh, Chris from Time Splitters podcast says, simple facts, the visual medium is so different to the written world, you, you have to make changes. Yeah. Uh, for example, Philip K. Dick's novels. How anyone would read those and say this would make a great movie is totally beyond me, but they did, and we have things like Blade Runner and Total Recall. It's a great point. It's a really good point. Yeah. Uh, he does say, if you go and completely change the story to the point of it being unrecognisable, 
then the question would be, why do you even say this is an adaptation? Yeah. Uh, I think the answer to that is because you've you're using those character names. Or yeah, you th- get a big opening. You get a big that. opening weekend from yeah. people who already know the story. Yeah, really interesting one. Great contributions. Mm, thanks, guys. Um, we will, in due course, post up what next week's real talk is. We will indeed. Heading to the Discord. That's the best place to get involved in real talk because I always forget to put them on the same. <laughs> so head into the Discord. The Discord no, link has always been in the show notes. 90% of the time they're up on no, the No, yeah, they do. It's just been a funny week. We're recording yeah. two days earlier than we normally do as well sure. today. So we haven't had the time. But as of next week, we'll be back to normal and we will get stuff out to you. Good. Right, let's get out of here. What are we watching on this week's movie show, Nick? Oh boy, what are we <laughs> watching? Uh, come back to this very feed on on Thursday uh, as we we're going to a new country. We are indeed. Uh, we are going to watch an Austrian film. Yep, Land of Schwarzenegger. <laughs> very much not in this and film. Skiing, um, or in this film. <laughs> we're going to watch Apocalypse, please. Apocalypse, please. I feel like this is as bottom of the stream as we've ever been. And uh, I've said I mean, that before. We've got a few numbers which we, we yeah. may reveal on, on Thursday. Suffice to say, not many people in the whole world have watched this movie. No. How is this on Netflix? There's <laughs> another question that we ask all the time, but this time it really applies. I, I know we've dredged streams before, and I'm not giving anything away in terms of quality. No. But this is as bottom of the stream as it gets yeah, in terms really of... Is. In terms of how out there this movie, because it, it's it's non-existent. This yeah. movie almost doesn't exist. It's really yeah, it doesn't. There's, it has no. It has no. I can't do any artwork for, to advertise this episode. There's no poster. There's no poster. There's no presence. There's ba- barely there's, presence online for it. It's barely got a trailer. We're not a hundred percent sure what year it was released. In. No, <laughs> that's not enough of a teaser. That's a teaser for you to come back on first. This episode could go for ten minutes. It could go for two hours. Yeah. Knows. But we'll uh, we'll find out. You you will know on Thursday. Brilliant. Yeah, come back then, and we will talk about apocalypse, please. Apocalypse, please. Cool. See you Thursday. Cheers. Bye.